George. We're here. Seattle Sports. The Sports on Tap Seattle Podcast. Two brothers. I'm Sammy on Tap. As always, are Sammy George or the little bro. And I'm George on Tap, the big bro. What's going on, Sam? What's happening? Uh, today, we got a little bit of f- few things going on, okay? We got a Seattle Mariners portion of the podcast. We have a Seattle Seahawks portion of the podcast. And, of course, we're going to get to a little new thing we're doing here. For the for the new people, this will be nothing new to you. <laughs> uh, for the people who listen to the podcast or watch on YouTube or whatever it may be, at the end of every segment, we're going to do an all-sports topic. That might be NFL, might be NBA, whatever it may be. It is part of our Sports on Tap Brothers podcast. So if you like us for Seattle Sports and you like all sports, you can check out that pod too. Simple explanation. You could have made it more simple. It's like explaining to a five-year-old. So yeah. perfect. Like explain it to me like I'm dumb. There's the explanation. There you uh, go. Before we get into some serious Mariners talk to start this pod, I'm going to slap our intro, George. All right, let's do it. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. Two brothers, George and Sammy, talk all things Seattle sports. Also, NBA. Please bring back our Supersonics. It's our first time using a new platform. (laughs) I'm not sure. I am not sure if that was fading in and out for me only, or for me and you, or everyone's just going to hear a little... And like you're no intro. I'm not sure which one. Uh, if you look at the top left corner that was going on, there's it was in red. It said uh, recording is an actual higher quality, so I think okay. it's fine. Well, but I, I, I knew what you were gonna say. I was <laughs> looking at your face doing that thing. I was like, oh, that was Sammy's gonna wonder what the fuck was that shit. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening on the pod, you might not even realize, uh, or you to anywhere you might not realize it. But there was something going on. But it might have been also like we're next to our mics and we're interrupting the noise. I don't know, but George, more importantly, let's talk some Seattle Mariners. Um, Well, where do we even begin, right? We've won four straight series, four of them. And it's felt weird because we haven't had this, like, we haven't had, like, a five, six, seven-game winning streak, but it's like we've won two out of three, two out of three, two out of three, two out of three, and it's kind of, a hard thing to deal with sometimes when you're in that spot that we're in. We've had a lot of times hovering at 500 where you're like, is this team very good? Is it not? Um, and then you win all these series, but there's no like real runs, right, of like long games. And then the team at the deadline, some people consider it selling. Some people consider it holding. Some people, if you believe in the prospects, we like a guy like uh, Dominic Canzone, you could be like, oh, we're, we have good relievers. We kind of bought uh, at least a bat. So it's a very confusing deadline, uh, but for the majority, we didn't buy. I know that. But in general, my biggest question to start this, because I had to get off my chest how that's pretty much everything I feel. is like, wh- where, are you, where do you stand right now? Like, are, are you worried about the four game, for the four series? Are you worried about we didn't do enough at the deadline? Or we about, are you worried about what we traded? How do you feel? Well, there's, that's a two-pronged question. So first of all, I'm going to talk about standing like where we are and calling it stand pat i don't know if you remember back in the 2000s the seattle mariners had a general manager named pat gillick and pat gillick was known during the deadline that he usually stands pat and in other words he does nothing and that's where i feel right now so if you're asking me how i feel i don't feel anything i know this team has decided 
internally, not the players, but the front office, the ownership group, that they're not going to try to win a World Series this year. They're just not trying to. Plain and simple. So for me to sit here and say, how am I feeling? I don't have feelings because I know if we make the playoffs, we're not going to win the World Series. And I know that this organization right now is not trying to win a World Series. They can say whatever they want into the media, but they did moves that show the fans in general that we're not trying to win a World Series. Trading your closer during the trade deadline while you're trying to make a playoff run is plain and simple, not trying to win a World Series. Now, if we stumble upon a World Series... I'll be really happy. Uh, the players seem like they rallied around this uh, Paul Seawall trade because they were pissed off. So at least they kept it. Hernandez. I don't know. I just feel kind of like dirty. Like I, this team I, is I doing me that, dirty. <laughs> I feel that spot you just talked about is a very important spot in baseball because it, it was like almost like a – it was almost like – I don't want to say contradicting. You weren't contradicting yourself, but it's almost like – the same, you're th- saying the same thing, but that actually means two things, right? Because, yeah, they're not – they didn't prove that they're competing for a World Series. And they proved that they're not, right? But yeah, but they also time, didn't prove that they're in full rebuild mode either. Well, I mean, yeah, they wouldn't be in rebuild with, right now with the, ta- the young talent yeah, you know, yeah, and some absolutely. of the guys. But if they were rebuild, they'd be like trading Julio Rodriguez and, and Jared Kalanick and mm-hmm. all that, which is, they're not going to do. But what they – the weird thing about baseball is they did some, you know, some a little bit of selling, but like, oh, but we got Canzone who could like randomly be a, you know, you see some guys, they struggle for a month or two, the first months in the MLB, and then they become Julio last year, Corbin Carroll this year, um, first year guys that produce. If a bat like that comes out of nowhere and starts playing well and you have Kelnick coming back, all of a sudden it's weird about baseball is if you make the playoffs in baseball, you have a shot at a World Series. It's not like the NBA where you're kind of like, the eight seed does not have a chance. Like I know they almost did this year, but they do have a shot. Can, That's I have a question weird. about that because I know everyone says that if you make the playoffs in baseball, you have a shot at the World Series. Like I've heard that so many times. But go through the last like seven, eight, nine, ten World Series champions. Were they teams that came out of nowhere in the playoffs, or were they just like really good teams the whole entire time? I feel like the NBA has kind of shifted to that, and while Major League Baseball, the good teams win World Series. I, I don't know who's who's come out of nowhere. I, you might be right, by the way, because like when we were young, the Florida Marlins used to win it sometimes. Like teams came out of nowhere, but like lately, like the last ten seasons, has anyone come out of nowhere to win the World Series? What would you count as out of nowhere? The teams that at least, like a wild card, like the last wild card spot. Well, that's 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 hard to research, but I know the teams that have won the World Series as a wild card. Forget it. There's either been two or three wild card, and there's been more division winners. So it's wild card is considered like you coming didn't even out of win nowhere. Your division. Yeah, yeah, you didn't win your division. The '97 and uh, the '97 Marlins and the 2003 Marlins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The 2002 Angels, the 2004 Red Sox, the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals, the 2014 Giants. But that uh, Giants team didn't come out of nowhere because they won multiple World Series. They won 12, 14, and 16, I think. Yeah. So they're not like an out-of-nowhere team. So has anyone a wild card won since then? So since 2011, no wild card team other than the Giants has won it. Like, like I feel like the notion of teams coming out of nowhere is kind of false in baseball. Well... The Phillies last year were the first team to come out of the wild card series, like the one that we had against Toronto. The two team right, wild card right, series, yeah, they yeah. made the World Series. True. So, that, like, 
that is kind of the point of in baseball. Like the spot we were in last year, we were the last wild card team. So were the Phillies. Right. The Phillies went all the way to the World Series, and we lost to the World Series champions. So in baseball, technically, like the Phillies were a game or two away from the World Series, and they were the last seed in the wild card. So mm-hmm. I feel like in baseball, it is possible, right? Uh, not, it's totally possible. And, I don't and, want to say it's not possible. And we had an eight seed in the NBA, Miami Heat, make it to the finals this year. They didn't win, but that's rare in basketball. I feel like in baseball, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's likely to happen, but I'm saying in general in baseball, it's not as common as best record in baseball like right. they won the championship. Yeah, well, I feel like since from 2000, like you said, from 98 to 2014 it happened quite a bit. Well, the uh, like a wild card team. Yeah, from 98 yeah, to 2014 it happened I'm a lot. I'm also saying though, the best record in baseball quite often doesn't win the World Series. That too. Like yeah. a lot of times the team that has like the 100 wins like I think last year, I don't I don't think the Astros had the best Record. I think it was the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken, or the Padres. Yeah, it probably was probably the Dodgers. Yeah, there, it's it's in the, every year it has not been like oh that team that has 106 wins won the World Series. What do you know? It's it's been like you know teams like the Astros have won a lot, and you have you know teams that are good in general. But you get the point, right? It's not yeah, always absolutely. the best team. Mm-hmm. Now that's no excuse to the Mariners organization or the front office. But the one thing I can say that. It's understandable what they did is if they truly don't believe we're winning a World Series this year, which would be I would get I would say it's a fair assessment by the front office. I mean, yeah, I mean more than yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But they are saying that we're not giving up on this core, which is so you can take it as a negative that they're giving away a closer, but at the same time you could also take it as, you know, they gave up a thirty three year old closer and we got two prospects and a guy in Josh Rojas who was good for the last three years, it was just yeah. bad this year. Um, sometimes people need a change of scenery. We've seen it with Adam Frazier this year is hitting big home runs for Baltimore Orioles, right? The, after having a not-so-great year for us. Happens to the Mariners a lot more than other teams. But we, you know, where we showed that, okay, we didn't trade T. Oscar Hernandez, who might not be on the team regardless last year, which shows there is some faith in this group still, right? Because you would have taken anything for T. Oscar if you thought the season's completely over and he's walking in free agency. So no excuse to the Mariners organization. I think this is the first time on Twitter that I saw a full agreement that whether you like or don't like the trade, like even if you liked it, right? There's some people that like the trade. Mm-hmm. Two prospects. Uh, Canzone's a guy who's batting fifth for the Diamondbacks, who are a playoff team. You know, there's, there's some positives of the trade. But even if you liked the trade, there was the first time I actually felt a sentiment on Twitter of everyone saying, you know, the front office kind of let us down because they didn't sell or buy. They're just like, yeah, give up our closer and then like, let's see what happens. And that's a pretty sad in between. You said it felt dirty, right? It's a sad yeah. in between to be. In. Well, I, I also think there's no pressure on Jerry Depoto or Scott service. Our ownership group seems like they're cheap as shit. Which is known. We don't have the richest owner in Major League Baseball. <laughs> I wouldn't say it seems. All right. They are <laughs> cheap as can be. And I feel like Jerry knows that they're not going to fire him in the middle of a contract and pay out his contract. They know Scott Service is in no, no at all any any like danger of losing his job because they're also not going to pay his salary after. Like he has, what, three-year extension? After last year, I believe, yes. Yeah, so they're not going to like fire him and then pay that out. This front office is putting no pressure on Jerry Depoto, Scott Service, or the team. So when you put no pressure, hey, you know the only way pressure comes in is if you, as a general manager, Jerry Depoto, go up to your cheap owner and say, I need this guy 
because he's going to help us win a World Series, and he costs this much, and his salary is this much, and then he fails, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have to split this bill for for a guy who failed? And then, yeah, then you're going to be under pressure. But DePoto's managing is, is general managing under no pressure, and Scott Service is managing the baseball team under no pressure. And I feel like their moves reflected that they don't have any pressure to win. Yeah. Um and you know they they sent out instead of sending out Jerry after the deadline to like radio and they they sent out uh, Justin uh, Hollander. Yeah. I can't I'll say it wrong. Yeah, I know who uh, you're talking about. Yeah, the assistant GM. They sent him out to like all the press conference stuff because I felt <laughs> like they were pretty sure that everyone's going to be like, so what was this deadline? You gave up a closer, and we DFA'd Wong. And then what we oh we made a, we got Thornton we got made a couple like random like minor league triple A like bullpen pieces who will probably turn into the next posse wall knowing the Mariners really at first but like that's pretty much like what happened and you know I think I think we've come to the clear conclusion because I kind of want to like shift to what the players are thinking right. uh, we talked about it like briefly but in conclusion I think we both feel kind of the same way that it's it was kind of like a like. Okay, like you didn't do anything yeah. cool and you didn't do anything crazy, but it's just like you just traded away a close. So essentially you're saying we're probably not winning this year, but we're not giving up either because we want to make revenue and get people to the ballpark. Exactly. <laughs> just not un- unfair to the fans. And this organization has been unfair to the fans for so many years. And it's just it's starting to get to me, Sammy, as a Mariners fan. It really is like over and over and over and over and over again. I feel like the organization of the Seattle Mariners disrespects the fans, plain and simple. Okay, and this is a good transition, George, because the players also feel disrespected, and I'm going to tell you why. Tell me why, man. Do you like that transition noise? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I'm, I'm playing that. around. George, do you want me to tell you why? Tell me why. Boom. I'm going to tell you why. Tell okay? me why, brother. All right. Spit it to uh, me. I'm going to start playing with these noises more often. Uh after the trade deadline, these are I'm going to give you a couple examples of things that have happened. After the trade deadline, Cal Raleigh came out, as we all know, and said they traded Paul, you know, and we feel like that was kind of a, an opportunity to either pack it in for the season or to prove them wrong. And who is them? The front office. Jerry and yeah. Justin or Jerry, John Stanton, and Justin and whoever else is working in the front it's office. It's so nice when you have to prove your GM wrong. Was that sarcasm? <laughs> yeah, it's sarcasm. Like you got fucking screw the GM. <laughs> Studio audience, we should relax. Let us finish, guys. Let him, let him finish his point. That was funny though. <laughs> that but, was good. Wait, I wasn't done before you get to the screw the GM stuff. Just let me let me finish. Yeah. Who else made points? Uh, today, Julio posted on Instagram, making it happen, comma regardless. And like with chaos balls, the thing. Regardless, I take there's there's I feel like there's something to that. And then uh, Sacido, the, the the reliever, posted on his story another one with uh, Jared uh, or sorry not Jared with a um, DJ Khaled gift that says they don't want you to win. And uh, I feel like I saw this tweet here on Marister said by uh, Brittany and 08. Said, regardless, they don't want you. It sure seems like the guys took exception to Jerry and Dustin's. I don't say Dustin. Jerry and Justin's deadline moves, and I think that's kind of what's been happening. It seems like this. Some of the players really are taking exception to the moves 
that happened at the deadline. And like you said, they're sitting here saying like, all right, so essentially, like you're Cal Raleigh, you're, you're, you're uh, Julio Rodriguez, you're these guys that were on the team last year, especially. It's like, so we made the playoffs last year, won the wild card series, and quite frankly, we're a, a Robbie Ray pitch away from winning game one in Houston. We went 18 innings in Seattle against Houston. We're a couple, like, couple plays here or there from potentially going to the ALCS. ALCS, yeah. yeah. Um, and we added a batter too, and some guys didn't work out by, but those are the guys you added GM and, and ownership. Like you added Colton Wong cause you wanted to be cheap. You added AJ Pollock cause you wanted to be cheaper. And now you're going to pretty much tell us like you're giving up on our season. Like the same guys who are still here, you know, like as an athlete, that's what you're thinking. It's like, you know, we can do this, but like, you're pretty much saying like, we don't want to fully buy into you exactly. guys. So they have to take so- that into exception. Absolutely, and that's why I I really do feel like if you're like why I said earlier, like the general, you're, the players are like going against a general manager, like they don't need to feel like that. I mean, that's just a bad, that's bad general managing, plain and simple. Like Depoto needs to start getting. I mean, I know Twitter's starting to finally give him some heat, and people are starting <laughs> to question like what he is, but like it's time. Like there needs to be some urgency here. I watch Premier League soccer, Sammy, a lot, as you know. I'm wearing a Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, kit like we need to act like Premier League fans when they fucking protest and they just don't show up to games or they go right outside the game with like picket fence and protest like at some point you need to make your voice heard as fans that this shit doesn't cut it anymore like it doesn't cut it we want to win we're the only team in Major League Baseball history to never make the World Series there's only one team Sammy one and it's us (laughs) so at some point the fans got to put their put their like you know, uh, what do they say? Put their leg down and tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, can't tell <laughs> them to fuck off because uh, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> we're gonna. Everyone's still going to buy the day. Oh, City Connect jerseys. These are fucking sick. Me one. included. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, their damn revenues work. And the great thing about what they're doing, and by great, I mean it's fucked up, but, like, the great thing about what Jerry and John – Mostly, I'm going to blame John Stanton, the owner, because Jerry also probably has to placate to what the owner wants, right? The great thing about what they do is, like, this year, like I just told you, last year we were the highest revenue team in baseball, highest profit. Sorry, not revenue, highest profit, okay? This year they're like, well, if we completely sell, we might lose some money, this, this. Like, they were willing pretty much to keep T. Oscar Hernandez, Tay Oscar, I would say T. Oscar, Tay Oscar, in order to keep the fans happy, Make it look like I think I saw your tweet it was like make the fans kind of believe that we're like we're still in this like yeah. instead of selling them because we might not get them next year uh, through free agency like we're still here to win and they, they we're taking are. a ri- we're taking a risk and they they are and that's the thing that's like today's attendance was thirty seven thousand on a Wednesday day game Jordan I know against the Red Sox and we won and that was our fourth series win in a row and it put us three games behind the wild card and only five and a half behind the division and guess what we play Texas and Houston two or three more times this year. So if you keep winning every damn series like we have been for the last month, and we were 17-8 and eight in the month of July, all of a sudden you might be in the playoffs. And like but you said... But that's why it's but, so frustrating. No, but and that, this is the problem is, like you said from the beginning, the problem is that we might actually be good enough to get to that point where we might even... I'm not saying we're going to win the division, but there's literally a chance. Like there is a 20, 30% chance that if you sweep Texas or Houston in two series, you're in first place. And 
with all that, the 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 GM or the ownership or whoever it may be making the decisions is like, give away our closer. Exactly. <laughs> and let's not buy anything else at the deadline. Now, now, like we blew a you know game one in in uh, Houston last year on a walk off home run because we didn't have the legit closer ready to go in the playoff game. Yeah, and put in Robbie Ray. So, yeah, a little frustrated as a Mariner fan, Sammy. Sorry about that. Yeah. But I, that was like the weird thing is their frustration with like the added happiness at that. I just went on a rant about how we can win the division this year and how we've won so many series and the vibes are changing. But it's like at the same time, you're like, if if I come to a point where the Mariners are a game out of the playoffs in at the end of the season, I'm like, like on you, whatever, you know, like in the middle of September, we're like, okay, we're one game out. And like we freaking put in some. There's guys that they've been calling up people left and right, like bullpen guys. They've just been using random people. Right. They all work out. I don't know because of Jerry's luck, whatever, whatever it may be. They they produce good talent from relievers. But there's gonna be somebody that gives up like a game-winning home run, a walk-off, in a moment that would have put us like in the division. And I'm gonna be like, that's the moment. But that might not happen yeah. either. That's what's weird. Yeah, we'll find out, man. But yeah, that's why my frustration lies. Like as excited as you just sounded about the team you know, winning four straight series. If we were buyers at the deadline rather than standing pat or being sellers at the deadline, you'd be way more excited heading into this like stretch run here with three. Well, we got the Angels three or four games starting tomorrow. I think a four-game s- series of the Angels. Four games, I believe, yes. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, thir- so because we, we don't eight- have a day off. If we had a day off, it'd be three games. We don't have a day off. So th- there's no way they end the series on a Saturday. Yeah, so it's a four-game series with the uh, with the Angels coming up, which is like cool timing because we just passed them today. So if you win a game or two, you're two games out of the Angels, but they're not who I'm worried about, regardless. So, um, three and a half out of the division. I mean, five and a half out of the division. Three and a half out of the wild card, and this is big because also if the Angels beat us two out of three. We should even we should stop talking about anything possibly happening because now we're going to be behind L.A., New York, Boston, Toronto, Houston. T- like this is also an important series, not only for our record to keep climbing, but like you also don't want to drop down another slot. If you're fourth in your division at like mid-August, you're not winning shit, and, right? So, right. So no, it, it, it's go time right now. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why, but I'm feeling decent about it, even though we shouldn't. <laughs> All right, it's kind of enough. Yeah. Uh, George, I appreciate some of your rants. I hope you enjoyed some of the clapping, the cheering. Yeah, I would really, uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank our fans for listening to that portion of a podcast. But we got a lot more coming, so hold your applause till the end, please. Especially the Amazon driver that walked by my window a couple minutes ago. Like, I know that, you know, big fan. You order anything? Not me, but. Not me either. Uh, it's, I don't know what it is, but. Amazon driver. Or I'm getting robbed in the middle of this podcast. Not quite sure. That'd be something. Yeah, that would be something. Uh, <laughs> let's transition really quick, George, uh, to the Seahawks. All right. Seattle Seahawks. <sighs> Actually, before I even get to the Seattle Seahawks, George, I want to mention one thing for the listeners. Um, as I stated at the beginning of the podcast, and the reason I'm saying this, I'm going to say this three times, just this one episode most likely, because some people tune in just for a Mariners portion of our podcast. Some might skip to the timestamp that says Seahawks. Um, and then at the end they of this podcast, what? They might do that. Yeah, and, they, and at the end of this podcast, we're going to do a little 
all sports section just to spread awareness to our sports on tap Seattle pod, or sorry, our sports on tap brothers podcast, um, which is all sports. So stay tuned for all that. And uh, what I also wanted to say is we've been, you know, this, this is, we're, we're letting people behind the, behind the curtain here, but you know, we've been a little inconsistent. We haven't been providing the people what they deserve and what they want, which is the pod. Um, Fox. But George and I are definitely committing now to three times a week is what our goal is. You know, I'm not, not going to make any ridiculous promises, but that's like, that's the. And what one yeah. day of those, one of those pods a week, I think will be a hookah pod. So stay tuned for that. We'll see. We'll see. I think, I think it'd be a good idea once a week. I just threw that out there. I'll just do it in my room. If anything. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll get to that topic in a, a, another day. But the point was, I was, I was really more worried about telling them that mm. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays is when you can usually expect episodes. We're recording today on a late Wednesday night, but that means it'll be out at some point by the end of the night. But in general, like Monday, Sunday night slash Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. So if you like the pod, make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Let's. Uh, <laughs> first of all, it feels good that training camp's here. It feels good to just... If you, if you, you know, anybody that's listening to this means you love football. When you love football, you know what this feeling is, right? To start seeing those clips and just start seeing the practices and start just feeling football. When you start to feel football, there's a special feeling. And it's pretty simple. Absolutely. Uh, my, my biggest issue here with this training camp is hasn't really been the smoothest training camp so far with our two top running backs getting hurt. I, that's where I'd like to start it off. Yeah. Um, I don't worry about training camp injuries too much unless they become like these. This person's out for three months, four months mm-hmm. into the season. The Zach Charbonnet one seems a little more serious because it was like out indefinitely, but indefinitely can mean like three, four weeks. Yep. Um, and Kenneth Walker was something that he's been dealing with apparently, right? Pre training camp. So I'm not like like ridiculously concerned, but it is an odd trend for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and it's a trend that, you know, maybe is the reason a lot of GMs in the NFL now do not want to pay running backs because it is a position that is very easy to get injured at. And uh, you tend to see it. They take a lot of damage everywhere on their body, every single movement, every single part of their body. And you have two, the two guys, you, the, the guy we picked last year that was one of the best, like, you know, rookie running backs. Started in the off hurt too. Yeah, he started off hurt. And then you have the guy that, you know, it was a second round pick this year for a team that already had a good running back, which was, you know, a high pick to use. Now you're now you have both of them hurt. Luckily, DJ Dallas is still there, even though it's nothing. You know, I'm not. What round is DJ Dallas picks in? Uh, late round, like third, fourth, something like that back in the day. I have no idea. Well, the why. reason I'm asking this is I feel like the Seahawks got it right in general. And that's kind of where I wanted to go. It was a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. Okay. The Seahawks have got it right in general for running backs. Like the way you have to do the NFL for running backs, this is post Marshawn Lynch for the Seahawks, is keep drafting a bunch of running backs, hope they stay healthy, and rotate guys in. We saw Rashad Penny last year when healthy, ran the ball really well. Kenneth Walker. And then it was time for him to get paid, and we said, go ahead. (laughs) See, yeah. And I I would love, obviously, I'd love to see Kenneth Walker. I I love watching him play on the Seahawks for a really long time. But the reality with this organization and what they do is they get these running backs. They run them a little bit behind the good offensive line, hopefully now. 
get some good mileage out of them, and then restock and repile just over and over again. I'm telling you, next year during the draft, the Seahawks will draft another running back. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be. In the, it's not going to be in the early rounds of no, next no. year. Unless, unless Mac Macintosh and Charbonnet play and do well, they might wait one year because that's two rookies, and you'd still have Kenneth Walker in his rookie deal. So I feel mm-hmm. like next year could be a small exception because, like, last year we we got one running back because we had Rashad Penny and we had only one year left there, and this year we picked up two. For that future scenario, so I w- I wouldn't be shocked if next year, if the guys play well, next year's like a year off. But they have the formula down in terms of Rashad Penny was coming up on a contract year. That's why they got Ken Walker. Right. Ken Walker is good, but we saw some injury stuff. So then they're like, okay, let's use a second round pick and a seventh round pick. So I think right now we have Ken Walker second round pick, Zach Charbonnet second round pick, uh, DJ Dallas a fourth round pick, and Kenny McIntosh or McIntosh seventh round pick. Um, And what's interesting about what they've done is, like, with guys like Ken Walker, we're talking about, like, you know, Ken Walker was a name I knew in college. Like, a decently big name, but he's, like, kind of under, like, he's not the Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley type of names. And then Kenny McIntosh played for Georgia on national championship teams. So it's like, oh, you went to a good school and you were very productive. We'll take you on a late-round pick. And even Zach Charbonnet played for UCLA, big program, played well. They're like, we'll take him on a second-round pick. They've had a, done a really good job of not getting, like, you know, trying to, like, worry about getting the next Zeke or Saquon, like you right. said. And no, just they've picking done up really these well high-quality, high-program guys, like Michigan State and Georgia and UCLA guys, and being like, we can plug you in for two years and just... You know, you're not going to get every pl- carry. Plug and play, yeah. plug and play, plug and play, plug and play. It's the one place it. you can do that in football. Right, is running back and maybe, 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 maybe wide receiver and corner if you're really good at drafting them, if you're really good. Yeah, and but, but most those are important are. to have a guy or two there more than running back. The thing is corner. If you're plug-and-play corner and you have no guys that are very good, your secondary is probably going to be bad. True. You can plug-and-play when you start talking about, like, the nickel and dime and, like, you know, start moving up adding some guys to plug and play, which I feel like the Seahawks can do a lot of this year with guys like Trey Brown and Michael Jackson, who didn't have a bad year last year, and Kobe Bryant and Devin Witherspoon and Tariq Willen. And then you got three safeties. So we have, we're going to be doing that there. But the difference with that position is like Tariq Willen might be a star. And Devin Witherspoon was the fifth pick in the draft. He could become a star, right? So it's good to have the base, I feel like, with corners, for example, and same with receivers. And then you can mix in that third, fourth guy. But I feel like running back, you could legitimately plug and play like four guys without a star, without even a top 10 guy. But you can have like nobody in the top 20, and it works out. Like the Patriots, they would throw in that one dude that was a comedian. What was his name? Uh, something Gray? Was it Gray? Yeah, I forget his name. But he had something like five gray. touch. He had yeah. five touchdowns on Sunday night football, missed practice, got cut, and never played again. No, no, he didn't miss practice. He was late. <laughs> late to practice and never played again. Yeah. Was it Sunday Gray? No, Sunday Gray is a pitcher. No, no. It was something gray or like, but I know exactly what you're talking about against, I think, the Colts on Sunday night football. Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Yeah. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. I, What's he doing nowadays? Does anyone know? <laughs> not, not in the NFL. That, that's the point, but the Patriots literally do that, right? They're like, oh, okay, next guy. Oh, okay, next guy. It works with running back, and I think the Seahawks have done a great job at that. Um, although it sucks when two of them are hurt. So we're in a weird Completely. position. That, that was a weird, long, like, 
topic about running backs. Well, uh, that's the topic I kind of thought about right yeah. when we started talking about Seahawks. So I actually think it's a good topic because really other than that in training camp, I mean, it's been like business as usual, I would say. Yeah, I would say, I guess, moving forward, the next big thing I would talk about there is um, the rookie class type of stuff is always exciting to Seahawks because last year we had an exciting rookie class. Um, this year you have a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba who from all accounts, like I don't take too much obviously from training camp, but just from like, there's been a lot of talk, you know, if he was playing bad, there wouldn't be a lot of talk in, in reality. Right. But there's been a lot of talk clips, Geno Smith talking about DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Pete Carroll reporters, like Seattle, Seattle times guys being like, wow, you should see the plays he's making. That's one thing I'm, I'm been kind of excited about. And I don't want to get tricked by highlights and all this BS, but if if he actually is as good as he could potentially be, we could be talking about just a ridiculous trio with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I've been quite excited seeing some of the highlights. And the cool thing with a guy like that is technically we do know he has the talent. So if it does show up, whew, this offense could have, if the running backs stay healthy and you have – receivers like that and uh, the giant group of tight ends that we have. I'm just really excited to see where this offense can go. I, I think it'd be, this is where I was going with this question too. Do, it, would it be an extreme disappointment if this offense didn't get like significantly better this year? No, I mean, it'd be a disappointment, but like once again, like the expectations are to stay healthy. And I know we all say like, yeah, you can't really predict health. But the thing is, yeah, I'm talking about know. if healthy. I'm not talking about I know, but it's scary because like Kenneth Walker's already heard. You already got uh, Char- Chardon- Chardonnay. Is that how you pronounce Charbonnet. it? Like the- Chardonnay. Like, like the wine, but like with a B. Um, he's already hurt. So you already have two weapons who are already hurt. So, like, yeah, like I want to pump the brakes on how good the offense can be because, like, we already have two injuries. But I do, I do want to say that JSN is the most excited, I think, Seahawks fans have been to watch a rookie play since Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's he's been ex- – it's going to be really exciting to see, to be honest. And I'm just going through here, George, on Yahoo Sports because we're talking about the running yeah. backs. I kind of wanted to confirm some things here. Um, this is via Yahoo Sports. Uh, they're both unavailable to practice, okay? And – the prognosis is unclear for Charbonnet out indefinitely. And for Kenneth Walker, I think it said it here somewhere. Um, well, that's not helpful. Where it said for Kenneth Walker, I think on the thing is he's out indefinitely as well on like the preview thing. So we might have both of them out indefinitely. And that's a scary sight to see. That's so. a very scary sight to see. So, yep. So you Hopefully. might be right about that. Yeah, so I just hope, uh, you know, health-wise they do get better. But, like I said, back to the rookies in the offense. My only thing about the offense, like when I asked, would it be a major disappointment? I'm not talking about if people get hurt. I'm saying, like, if it was like last year. Last year we had a pretty clean, like, in general. Like, I know Penny got hurt and Walker was hurt early on, but we had a pretty clean bill of health last year, right? Like, with most of our stars um, on offense. And Geno Smith obviously played great. All that jazz. Geno Smith, the the weird thing about the Seahawks season and situation is like, if Geno Smith should be better next year if he actually reverted back to his original self, right? Like, because 
I feel like with another year of confidence, another year in the system, another year of, you know, working with these guys, bringing in more talent, I feel like you should be better. And I know that's maybe a lot to expect or a lot to ask from somebody, but it's, in my mind, it's like you should be. So for me, that's why I feel like it'd be a major disappointment if you stayed healthy and all these things happen, if we're not like an extremely better offense. And I think the Seahawks are proving that with the contract they gave him because they gave him that three-year, $75 million contract with incentives. Um, could go up to like 100-something. But the one part of the contract that I think a lot of people are missing out on is that they have an out after this year if they mm -hmm. want. So I think the Seahawks are also kind of proving the point of, okay, you played this good last year. We, you should be playing good enough next year where we want to continue to give you $25 million a year. And if that's going to happen, he has to be as good as last year, take a step up, or they're not going to want to pay him $25, $26, 27000000 million. So I feel like the Seahawks are proving that in their contract. I can be wrong, but I just think that they're expecting him to take a step up. Like you went from a backup to a guy that we're giving the confidence. Now you have the confidence. We're, we want you to – we gave you more weapons – I just feel like they're expecting him to step up. Unless Pete Carroll is just like, I'm expecting to step up coaching. What, 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 what's the question? I'm sorry. There, there was a lot of information you threw I'm there, which is like, cool. But what's a question here? It's not always a question. It's called okay. a conversation. Okay, I'm yeah, saying, I, know, like, like, I was trying to see what your, what's your point on this. Like, my point is, that, well, because when I asked you, do you expect them to be better offensively? Yeah. You just went into injuries. And I was like, forget injuries. My point is, like, if injuries don't exist, like – how what should we be expecting from this team you know like like i i think the seahawks are expecting geno smith to take a step up and they prove that by the contract or do you think they're just content if the dude's just like a little bit less good than he was last year like i think well, they're expecting this offense to pop this year that's why you drafted first round I receiver i think you're right that is what they're expecting so, because, like, look, like you said, they've drafted a first-round receiver. They signed their quarterback to an extension. They went and got another running back, two running backs. They got a center to shore up the offensive line. I mean, they've invested heavily into this offense. So maybe you're right. This is what they're trying to do is, like, you know, take get that offense to pop and take that next step over to becoming an elite offense in the NFL. So maybe, maybe that's their expectations, if, if we're talking expectations. Yeah. That's fair. I probably right? just I, I know I probably just ranted too heavy anyways. Yeah, well, no, it's all good. I just didn't know what you're. I didn't know no, because now now like I feel like I said everything that needed to be said potentially about the Seahawks offense, but it's the coffee at 7 p.m. that I'm rocking right now with no, my no Seahawks worries, cup alley. I love, no, I love I love, I love the uh, energy there. I just I didn't know what to say. I'm like, whoa. My, uh. my issue, George, is as I was telling the telling the audience is we're gonna start doing this three days a week, right? Like sometimes when we take a week off, it's like I got fifty-five things to say because yeah, this is why. Maybe this like, is why fucking sports radio guys go four hours, five days a week. I'm usually like, how the fuck do they do it? But I'm now I'm like, I guess you could just fucking rant about Seahawks offense. Let me talk to you about the center position and just rant for five minutes. I was like, same as like, all right, so here we go. Like we got JSN, right? JSN first round pick, Gino Charter, Smith, Gino Smith contract. So you got that contract. The contract looks good, right? They're putting Opt some investment in it. first year. <laughs> and then I said, the Pete Carroll out coach or Gino out play. And then Shane Waldron jumped into the conversation and then you're like, remember Rashad Penny, we didn't bring him back. So what does that say about the Seahawks offense? I'm like, what? Where was it going? I got a new topic for you. Last one. Okay, last one. All right. Shane Waldron. Okay, because you mentioned him. 
Now, speaking of Shane Waldron, I think I posted this somewhere on our social media yesterday. Um, like number four best coordinator in football or something like that? Yeah, he is. I'm going to read it to you. One second. Um, here it goes. Uh, PFF ranked the top 10 offensive coordinators right. in football. Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which I found, like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, First of all, Eric Bieniemy should probably be number one, even though he's not on the Chiefs anymore. Like, now nah, he needs to do if someone not named Mahomes before I. Okay, well, I don't know who's gonna do if Sam Howell in Washington. We'll see. But like Ben John, the the Lions. I know the Lions like put up a lot of points and stuff last year. But like, he was everyone wanted him as their head coach, and he said no to everyone. I know. I'm just saying. Number two is Kellen Moore for the Chargers, right. which is interesting. Like, very average with the Cowboys, and now he's on the Chargers. Bill O'Brien with the Patriots. Cool. And then Shane Waldron, Seahawks, Ken Dorsey Bills, Ta- uh, Eric Bienemy, Todd um, Monken, Ravens, Matt okay. Nagy, Casey, Jim Bob Cooter for the Colts, and uh, Brian Schottenheimer for the for the Cowboys. I have two comments really quick. Okay. Jim Bob Cooter is the coolest name I've ever heard in my life. And the number two is uh, Shane Waldron was a hot topic coming out of L.A., right? Yes, he was. But do you feel like he had, he's he earned a coffee. top five? He had coffee with Sean McVay multiple yeah. times. So, like, that's really, like, that's really, really a big thing when you have coffee with Sean McVay. Like, yeah, people love you. You love you. If I had coffee with Sean McVay, same, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd be the offensive coordinator somewhere. The facts. You'd be the head coach somewhere. You'd be, you'd be the head coach. Kicking of Jim Bob Cooter. Of Jim Bob Cooter. So now here's the thing. Sammy, I love the topic. I love the what you're saying, but I have zero idea about offensive coordinators in the NFL. For all I know, Shane Waldron's the greatest offensive coordinator to ever step foot in the NFL, or he sucks. Like, I don't know. I, I can't answer the question. But from what I I've agree seen, with you on that, by what, the way. What, I'm not saying yeah. I know offensive coordinators. But, but, but I do have one comment. What he was able to do after... Russell Wilson left and have that offense jump even higher with Geno Smith than it was with Russell Wilson. To me, like at least from my like little knowledge of being offensive coordinators, that's a big deal. Yeah, and I, I didn't frame that correctly. Like I was saying it as if like, does he really deserve to be top five? I mean that in the sense of like you have guys like Eric B. Evan to me who, you know, like winning Super Bowls as an offensive yeah. coordinator. Ben Johnson's up there who I'm like, like, okay, yeah. Sick. He's like their offense was sick, but like also like not even a playoff team. Exactly. So like, I'm just, I was just kind of like playing devil's advocate. But yeah. I actually love that Shane Waldron's getting some love because first year with the Seahawks after he's with the Rams and Russell Wilson seemed to get worse. I was kind of like this offense fucking sucks. That was my first thought. Right now it might be the fact that Russell Wilson was just not as good as he was because you saw him. L- Russell Wilson go to Denver and the offense be bad with an offensive head coach. Right. Um, and in turn, Shane Waldron turned Geno Smith into a top mm-hmm. 10 quarterback in the NFL or top yeah. 11, whatever you want to call Geno, top seven to some people, top 15 to some people. So you're right. Like, God bless you, Shane Waldron. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Yeah, good for him. Uh, one thing I do want to say, though, quick, this is my last thing. I saw on uh, Broncos Today Twitter, Russell Wilson's thrown five interceptions so far in training camp. I don't know if that's good or bad, but if anyone knows, let me know. Um, <laughs> that's I think I it's it. bad because I saw like it on Broncos 365 or whatever. That's what, that's what I saw too. And they were talking about how, like, I saw in the comments, people were like, is this a result of him being bad or 
some people were like, well, it's top five defense. This seems to happen a lot in um, training in camp. training camps when you're against top five defenses, but it isn't a positive sign. So I think it's one of those, from what I read in the replies, from the people that seem to have reasonable replies, not like the people that are like, he fucking sucks, or like, like who fucking mean. cares? He's training camp. Yeah, like I, I think it's he's thrown a little bit of higher amount in the first couple of days, but it's also he's playing against a. It, we know the Broncos' defense is extremely good. So okay, fair enough. That's I think all. it's a. I think it's a mild result of uh, or the it should be. It's a mild reaction. Mild mm-hmm. reaction to like a mild result. Also, you know, like not not good, not bad, but it's certainly not on the more positive side. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that guy. Um, that's all we got for the Seattle stuff. That's all we got for the Seattle stuff. Let's just do one quick, like, 15-minute topic about quarterbacks. Yeah, well, hold up. Let me explain it to people. This is the Go end ahead. of the Seattle portion. If you want to follow us everywhere, the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast, okay? Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. That's all the Seattle stuff. If you want to find us on social media, we have on uh, on. Son Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle. That's where you can find us everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, but we also have a Mariners page on Twitter, at Mariners on Tap, and on Instagram, at Mariners on Tap. So check us out there as well. Um, other than that, that's the only thing I wanted to plug, George. Just make sure people know where to follow us on social media. But we can get on to the Sports on Tap topic in a second here. All right. All right, we are either coming to you from the Sports on Tap Brothers podcast or at the end of the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. But uh, So I'll do a quick welcome in for those that are on the Brothers podcast. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, roughly, you'll figure out when you, when you follow our podcast is when we'll be out. But George, our topic today, you just mentioned it, is quarterbacks and why they might not be that many good ones. Yeah, and I th- there's like it's weird because there's like some really good quarterbacks, but it's like you really start counting the list, right? And you're like, wait a freaking second, this is not as good as I thought it was. Exactly. We'll get into that in just one moment, George. Let's just rock the intro. This is the Sports on Tap Brothers podcast. George and Sammy want you to always remember, sports are fun. Let's rock. For our second podcast of the day, we're not sure if our intro sounds like shit or if it's okay. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> but we'll find out later because we are using a new program. But let's do our uh let's do our little bit of a quarterback topic here, George. All right. So NFL in general, right now, if you want to rank the top ten quarterbacks, I actually ranked them on my Instagram like more than two or three weeks ago, and then I wanted to change it. And there's a YouTube video here on uh, the Sports on Tap with my top 10 quarterbacks. I just decided to put like a little top 10. So I wanted to give you who I gave my top 10 quarterbacks, and I wanted to make an anul- a, a, like a change, right? So number 10, I want Geno Smith over Dak Prescott now. I think Geno's better right now than Dak. Nine, Kirk Cousins. Those guys were not top 10 quarterbacks before. Then Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. But after the I'm Dak, a little confused for a second. What were you saying about Geno Smith? 
I have him at 10. Okay, but what were you saying before that? I had Dak at 10 before, but like I moved, I changed it and now I have Geno at 10. Okay, I understand. Instead of Dak. So what? Dak is 11 and then Derek Carr 12. Like Derek Carr probably is not the 12th best quarterback like three, four years ago. It's just that I feel like the NFL's quarterbacks have kind of taken a dive down in the top notch quarterbacks, like that second tier. But the top tier is still really good, and the bottom tier is not as bad as the bottom tier used to be. Um, yeah, I. It's interesting because, like right now, you look at like a Ryan Tannehill, right? He's kind of like bad. Yeah. Um, he's actually not that good. Like hypothetically, he's not very good quarterback that you'd want on your team. And when you don't want him on your team, you're not like that good but there's also like not that many people better than him also it's like a weird in between right because you have a lot of the best way to put it for me and where my mind is right now is like there's a lot of ryan Tannehill, sam howell daniel jones like jimmy sam garoppolo Darnold, yeah sam darnold jimmy garoppolo russell Brock wilson if he played, yeah russell wilson if he played the way he did last year like there's a lot of guys after like Kirk Cousin being the ninth best quarterback or Geno Smith being the test best quarterback where you're like, I don't really want that guy on my team. Like, exactly. I don't really care to have uh, Carson Wentz be my starter. I don't want Marcus Mariota to be my starter. Like, there's a good amount of teams I feel like don't even know who they're – for the first time in a while, there's a lot of teams that don't know what their future is. And I know that's hard to say because there are some teams that draft their quarterbacks this year, like the Texans and the Panthers, Panthers. Um, a couple other teams. But – you know, you have a Colts. lot of Baker Mayfields. I, I I forgot him. He's he's another one that's he's probably good enough to be a starter, but he's kind of just in that Ryan Tannehill where you're like, okay, like you can be a stopgap for now, but but that's it. I mean, yeah. it looked like Kyle Trask and him are in an open QB competition now because he might not be good enough. Yeah, so it's confusing, <laughs> so to say. Like, who are the good quarterbacks in the NFL? And I think you just named them essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple guys you would, they're good, but like that borderline guy, like Dak. I love Geno Smith, but he's kind of right there too. Like the yep. Dak, Garoppolo, Geno Smith, um, Derek Carr section. Because I think the only people above that is like when you get to, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but like Kirk Cousins is probably the first one on the like, I guess you are a franchise guy, right? Like you're not getting rid of him. Right, you can't because yeah. I mean, what's the alternative? Yeah, there's no better alternative. So it's like the Kirks, <coughs> Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, Kirk, Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's about it, right? And that, like, I could be missing somebody. I was just saying hypothetically. That's about it. Like, in the NFL where you can look at a team and be like, yeah, you have your guy for like eight, nine years, and Aaron Rodgers is not even part of that part because he's old. How many teams do you think really have their guy for the next five plus years? Like seven, eight teams? Sure. And I'm know. not counting that's, that's the hard. rookies. Like oh, you're Bryce not, Young, you can't say Bryce Young is a guy for five years for Carolina. If he sucks, he sucks, right? Like right. we don't know. I guess um, oh, I was going to add those guys. So yeah, sure. Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Pat, Joe Burrow. Maybe Kirk Cousins for like three, four years. Probably not five, though. He'll be like 40. I think he's like, I think he's Russell Wilson's age. He'll play five more years, maybe. 
Maybe. Yeah, but he's not, he's like he'll be at the end of his career. That's yeah, where. So so no, I mean, you make a good point there. It's just in general, there's not that stability in the quarterback position anymore, which is crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nuts. Because uh, I felt like two years ago, maybe it was. I don't know if it's exactly two years, but a few years ago, <laughs> I felt like you would go through divisions and be like. You know, you'd go through the NFC West as a great example for us. It was like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, and either Jared Goff or Matt Stafford, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. they all have their quarterbacks. And then you'd go like, you know, like uh, there's Tom Brady and and maybe the Jets never have it. But it's like Tom Brady and uh, that's a bad example, I guess. But I was going to say like Tua, you know, is the quarterback there. And then you have Josh Allen for sure. I feel like there was just more, I guess – like, oh, I for, think you have your guy for a few more years. And right now there's not because you have a lot of guys, a lot. I mean, a lot that have bounced around. Like, the, there has, like there's been a lot of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr type of quarterbacks recently. Like, if you, if, there's been a lot more than usual, I feel like. James yeah, Rick, exactly. Marcus Mariota. There's been less guys that just, like, have hit for their teams. Not just that, there's also been a lot of guys that are not that bad, but they're just not that good. Like, there's a lot of mid-tier quarterbacks right now in the NFL, and that's like a bad place you want to be as an organization because you don't, you're not going to get a top-five pick, but you're also not going to have the guy to lead you to a Super Bowl, which in theory, that's what the whole entire point of playing in the NFL is about. Yeah, it's literally what they're playing for, and there's so many teams in a limbo. And I think even, I know like a team like the New York Jets, right? With Aaron Rodgers, they believe they're there to win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, like in my when I look at it, I'm like, are you though? You have like one or two years. You have a year maybe, like until mm-hmm. one or two, whatever it is. It's like there's a lot of teams that also believe they're in a Super Bowl window and they might not even be, right? Like and it just leaves like only five or six teams that are actually in a Super Bowl contention play. So it's like puts so many teams in limbo. And then you know, and this is this is excluding. There's like a two guys that didn't even come out of my mouth yet, which was like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. But those yeah. are like, like they Trevor know they Lawrence, have their guy, but they're probably not a Super Bowl contender this year. Just give them a couple more years. They just right. started, right? Um, but it's a weird situation because not all these guys are going to win Super Bowls, and there's only like five or six of them that like know they have their guy, like Lamar Jackson, Josh uh, Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes type of guys, and it's like. If the rest of the teams in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not competing with them. Now what do you do? Like, how do you find the next fucking Patrick Mahomes or the next Joe Burrow? Like, it's really hard, right? And if you don't have that, you're likely not winning a Super Bowl or Jalen Hurts or whoever it is. Well, here's a question for you, Sammy. I want to pivot there because I do agree with you what you're saying there. But I was thinking about quarterbacks, all of these guys you named. And I think it's like we don't have – and I'm going to mark this for you all, for us – we don't have that many great quarterbacks, right? We, we, we've, we've established that. But I feel like we have a good group of quarterbacks you'd like to hang out with. So kind of want to get, touch, touch base on this. This Maybe is top such five a, cor- a cornball, George, topic. I'm ready Why? for it. No, it five. just is. It's just your, I love it. I'm saying it's, it's a, a cornball, cor- yeah. George, topic. This is like a classic George, like, oh, my God. The who would I want to hang with topic. Yeah, the top five quarterbacks to hang out with. Because on our YouTube channel, I did put top five most annoying quarterback head coach combinations, which was a landslide. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, number one, not even debatable. Well, now it's also like Aaron Rodgers and like 
and Roberts. And Roberts a lot. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like talking they're, back. Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, they're both in the annoying. Uh, yeah, but yeah, top five quarterbacks you'd want to hang out with. I can't think of that at the top of my head, but I can just name Joe Burrow for sure. Yep. I'd probably want to hang out with Jalen Hurts because he seems humble, but also fucking cool. Because he, like, also, like, when he got benched in Alabama, he didn't give a fuck. Like, he was supporting, so yeah. he's kind of cool and humble at the same time. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you're, he's going to, like, do some crazy shit. He might get yeah. you on. I would love to hang out there. Me Rogers. too. I was weird as he might be. He might, like, hurt your feelings by the end of the night, too, and say something very, like, condescending, but he'd be cool to hang out with. For a night. Um, I'm not saying he's be best friends with this yeah. guy. Just, like, hang out for a night. Yeah, honestly, you have to with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker you Mayfield have would to. give you a, he's a good, hell he's, of a day. He's a good hang. Dude, that, he'd be shotgunning beers. You'll be hanging out with probably, like, some, like, white rapper, like Mike Studd, and, like, in Austin, uh, like, Lake Travis, like, on a boat, like, getting hammered. That's probably what you do. Definitely don't want to hang out with Patrick Mahomes because that means Jackson might be there and definitely don't want to hang out with Jackson. I don't think he hangs out with Jackson very much. <laughs> he was I not mean, on the show quarterback at all. Oh, I'm part of fact. Yeah. Okay, but sure. If Jackson's out there, Pat is definitely, like, a good hang. But if Jackson's there, I don't want to hang. Patrick Mahomes is a maybe for me. It depends. Like, am I hanging out with Patrick and his wife with me and my fiance? I think it'd be a yes. If I'm going by myself, like, just to hang out with Patrick Mahomes, I don't th- I think he's, like, a... Jimmy Garoppolo would be it. He, Vegas, Jimmy G, he's known to be a good partier. Like, all the guys like him on his teams always because he's a good dude. Good hang. I think Jimmy G in Vegas would be pretty fun. Jimmy G doesn't excite me. Uh, we got four right now. I'm trying to find the fifth guy for us, not Justin Herbert. I don't know. I don't even know our four. I was in the middle of a sentence. And you just said Jimmy G, so I don't even know what. I, I, I lost thought of where we are. We had um, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and a fourth guy. That Joe I'm Burrow. Not. And sure. Joe Burrow, for sure. So you need a fifth guy here that you'd want to hang out with. I mean, I, I, I wasn't against the Mahomes answer. I was just saying that it depends if I was hanging no, out no. as like a couple, uh, if I was hanging one-on-one for the night, because I, I, I think Patrick Mahomes seems cool. Okay. Like, he could definitely be like a guy on the list. Um, Josh Allen seems like he's kind of down-to-earth and cool. Josh Allen seems like a cool guy, but like, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of guys that I would consider. I'm just trying to think. Like, is there any like freaking nutso out there? Like, there's a lot of guys that are just like normal dudes. Trevor Lawrence, normal dude. Justin Herbert, normal dude. Dak Prescott, pretty normal dude. I don't know if I want to hang out with Dak Prescott that badly. I don't mean either. Um. Tom Brady was one when he was a player, but he's not anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to like actually deeply think who I would hang out. Jimmy G might be the answer. Yeah, I'm going Jimmy G. I just think Vegas is like part of the reason too. Vegas, well, ladies love him in general too. Yeah. So you probably you're like the cool guy if you're of Jimmy G. Yeah, let's go with Jimmy G over Patrick Mahomes. Although Mahomes, I think if you're in a relationship, it's Patrick Mahomes. If you're in a relationship, you're trying to hang out couples night, it's Patrick Mahomes. If you're just like a single dude trying to party, it's Jimmy G. All right. Fair enough. That's, I like that's that. the real answer. Nice guys. Uh, but let, let's go with Jimmy G, though. Jimmy G, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, 
Baker Mayfield. Who was other one? <laughs> he keeps paying sound the fifth guy. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, yep, there it is. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I'm down. I'll hang All out. All right, perfect. Can't wait to hang. That's all we got today. That's it, man. It's a quick one. That's it's fine. One. 15, yeah. 20, 15 minutes. Just give people a little thing, a little fun before the NFL season starts. Slow time in sports. It is a slow time. I, I was listening to Colin Cowherd and Jason McIntyre today. Uh, they probably spent seven minutes talking about Taylor Swift's tour and how she has six concerts in LA and how much money she's making. And I was like sitting there, I was like, you know, it's slow season when like they are spending a solid like eight minutes of TV time talking about Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, Cause like they did enough of the training camp topics, even at a baseball topic, which is rare on like a national show. It was like talking about like, Oh, Verlander's back to the Astros. Like it was like, they are running out of topics in time. And they're like, like, oh, Taylor Swift, yeah, six shows in L.A. And they literally went on for seven minutes. And I was like, you know, that's why they're off next week. They actually, they're, exactly. they're, they're taking the show off for the week before they kick into football. And I was like, fair, fair that's enough. probably why. Exactly, <laughs> man. There's not much to talk about. But we're, we're giving the people what they want right now. We're trying to get some reps. Uh, I think Sammy said this on the Seattle podcast. We're going to be coming on a lot more often. So we're kind of just getting ready for that for football season and We'll be recording probably three times a week, but a little bit shorter podcasts like this rather than the long one-hour podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll be just trying to get them going for y'all a little more often. Uh, more volume. That's what they say, right? I think so. It's a volume uh, thing? We're a high-volume uh, shooter. Yeah, yeah. high-volume shooting is what we're going for. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all we got, I guess. All right, my man. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys at the end of the week. And uh, you know what we like to say, George? Yeah. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Peace. <laughs>